It seems we have guests. So behind the scenes, you see all the raw, unedited. I feel sorry yeah. for whoever is listening to this. Yeah, yeah. See my curses. See, no, not bleeped. See and the, the train, the train going by, me coughing. That's gonna yeah. be great. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Forward Unto Dawn podcast. Uh, this episode we're going to be talking about Spartan Ops from its beginning all the way up to the mid-season hiatus. Uh, and we've got a lot of interesting thoughts to share with you. And on top of that, we have a special guest joining us today. This is Keith from The Running Riot. Hello. Thank you. And as usual, uh, Danny. And unfortunately, Dave isn't here with us. But uh, we'll, we'll have him in our hearts and thoughts. We will. And I am Isaac, otherwise known as Postmortem. Tactically, you didn't introduce me at all. You introduced him. You introduced yourself. And I'm left. I, in the I, dark. Said, I said Danny. Cold. Oh, don't worry. You want me to redo I, I, it? I, I can redo it. <laughs> So for those who don't know, Spartan Ops is an episodic, story-driven experience uh, separate from the Halo campaign. Uh, until recently, there was a new episode released every week. Each episode contained uh, multiple chapters to play through, and a chapter was essentially one playable level with a story, uh, a subplot attached to that. Um, and before you dive into those chapters, you watch a pre-rendered cinematic that uh, tells the larger story over the course of a season. So, uh, as previously mentioned, we're at a mid-season hiatus right now, and then the second half of the season will be coming back uh, later in January. So there was a lot of news about Spartan Ops released, uh, a lot of hype kind of built up before the launch of Halo 4, and I think everyone had a lot of time to kind of cement their own opinions of, of what it was going to be, what they thought about the the idea behind this uh, weekly content sort of thing. Um, and uh, I know that a lot of people's opinions have changed since it released, uh, both positive in the positive direction and the negative. Uh, but for Keith and Danny, um, what did you guys think? Like, what were your opinions before ever getting your hands on to uh, Spartan Ups? Before touching them, before touching Spartan Ops, um, the episodic thought of that, of new content, new uh, content every week for, um, you know, the, initially they just said every week. I don't think there was ever, like they said, every week and then they said it's going to be 10 weeks or 10, you know. 10, ep 10 episodes or 10, what do they call each? It's see, what is each week called? A, uh, yeah, an episode. An episode. Um, at first, they were just saying like every week. And I was like, that's a hell of a lot of content. And more that much content, yeah, it gets me initially excited, but I'm just like, there's got to be some redundancy in there. But I was... Uh, I was ex I was I was definitely excited about more campaign related stuff or story fiction related stuff but uh what exactly when it first was announced what exactly that was going to be 
uh, Chuck, you know, just I was I was definitely knew that this was something new in in video in in a major AAA title, I guess. You know, and especially its delivery system too. So I was just I was thought to, I was very excited. Um, I think I was expecting something else from what we got. To be honest, the um, I didn't know what to expect. I was just going by what they were saying, listening to uh, what they were prepared to tell us. The the it was weird because whenever they were showing off Halo Four, they they showed off a build, very early build, of um of Spartan Ops, and then they didn't show a lot more other than that for a long time. And uh, I didn't really know why they did that, but I think I realize now that the reason why they didn't show much off Spartan Ops pre-release was because there wasn't that much to show off. If you know what I mean, they would have shown off the majority of the environments pre-release, and I think obviously they they couldn't do that. Uh, So I think that was a warning sign that a lot of us should pay attention to and didn't uh, before it came out. Yeah, and I I got to actually uh, play it at PAX, and well, I guess that's more of a, a gameplay thing. So we'll we'll go into that later. But my expectations were more along the lines of, I guess, kind of what Keith is saying is that we're going to have new content every week. Which, to me, you know, beforehand, I was I was still thinking, regardless of quality, it's still going to be awesome to have new Halo content every week. Right. I mean, you can't really go wrong with that, even if you know, regardless of the quality. Um, when I found out, like, more specifically what it was, I honestly... Regardless of the, qu- of the quality? No, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say regardless of the quality. Well, because I mean, if you have really crap sense, quality stuff every week, you're doing harm to the franchise overall. In the sense that you have new content to discuss with the fans every week, it's more, more fuel for the fire, you know? Again, whether good or bad, it's still something to keep people coming back and talking about it. And that's what I like about the idea. And that's what we're doing right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point. So we're going to talk about it. It's more, it is more content for us to, to pick apart. Mm-hmm. For sure. And see, I, I thought that Spartan Ops was going to be, first of all, when they said that it was going to be every week, that surprised me, again, because of the amount of content that they'd have to put out. But that immediately made me think that, well, they have to... You know, they were working on this content alongside the campaign and the multiplayer. It's already done now. So my initial thought was that it's pretty much going to be exactly like what we have now with the difference that the quality of the levels and the story would start off really strong and then taper off as you got into the newer and newer content that they hadn't worked on pre-launch. And uh, from what I could tell so far, it almost seems like it's doing the opposite like yeah. we got kind of a testing bed where they did very basic, you know, level layout and stuff like that, and then hopefully, fingers crossed, after this hiatus, we're going to be getting some more elaborate, newer content. I feel the same as far as it. Yeah, I thought it would be, you know, the beginning, the initial part of it, it would be, oh, this is, uh, this is great, uh, you know, whatever even the format of it is, you know, though it's like firefight. But it was still, then it would taper off like it would get repetitive. But it actually seems to be building up. Not even, not even just the story stuff. It just more of the gameplay actually seems to be. I mean, it's all still the same. You know, press a button, move on. Press a button, move on. Um, which is, you know, I don't see what else we could really, really do beyond that. Oh, um, are, are, are we talking about that now? Well, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to... Do you want to talk about that now, or do we talk about that? Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that at some point. (laughs) 
though. I'd say leave that to later because that's a whole okay, yeah. big button to fish. Okay, so yes, but I, I just do agree on the um, yes, it's going. It seems to be they start off slow and it's starting to escalate. Yeah, I, I actually think from a design standpoint as well, that's a really good way to do it because mm-hmm. like, you give people, at least looking at the gameplay, you give them more and more of a challenge every week. And so when you go back and play it all at once, it starts out really easily. And then that difficulty curve really ramp, like ramps up a lot. Like campaign. Yeah, exactly. And like most good games should do with right. the difficulty. Um, I mean, that said, the uh, infinite respawns, which, I, again, I think we should talk about later, mm-hmm. um, kind of takes away from that. But Well, the, uh, the, the what Postmortem put for us was uh, what we thought before we even got a home. Yeah. yeah. Our initial expectation when we, before we got our hands on it. Yeah, and I think Danny kind of covered both a little bit. Yeah, so. and I, well, yeah, I mean, I... And then once I've gotten my hands on it, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 actually, I'm going to, to be honest, I have played only the first two episodes full through. And then I, before this show, because I haven't played it all, I just watched the cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, the animated episode. Yeah, the cut. Just See, that's like, cheating. The, the, we I struggled through playing through those damn things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's cheating. I tried. You didn't. <laughs> I tried today to play through. Start. I started playing through. I started on normal, and I was playing through episode two, and because uh, I did one early on or whatever, and then I started playing up two, and I'm like, oh, oh, all right. I dumbed it down to to easy. I <laughs> so I got to get through this before tonight's show, and. Uh, I got through episode two and I was time ran out on me, you know, between kids and shopping and all this kind of stuff. And before the show, I just said, all right, I got to cut scene it and find out what's going on. Um, so you, so you, played, you played the worst uh, two episodes as far as gameplay goes and then skip oh, the good like, ones. OK, so <laughs> I will definitely be list. I'll be, you know, I don't want to be being being spoiled. It's OK. Um, so. You know, yeah, well, I, you got the majority of the important aspects of the story anyway, so right. I think that's what really matters as far as this discussion. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as story is concerned, um, because there's only one, you know, the major story cutscene in the beginning of each episode, um, you know, where they go, I get the, the cutscenes actually tell you what happened, you know, prior. Uh, that's actually another maybe another interesting way to, to look at this. Like you kind of find it, figured out what you did through those missions, even that, you know, even though you didn't play them. The cutscenes tell you 99% of the actual story. Right. That's, I guess what I'm saying. It's like, if you want the story, just, just the cutscenes, there's, there's little, little to be gained story-wise from actually playing through the, the missions. That's kind of terrible. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the story is kind of, meant to be in a, in a short period of time from just watching those cutscenes, It's like whatever it's this, as far as the missions going down to Requiem, um, this seems to be a rapid fire. Keep just go down there. Like, but this is all happening pretty quickly. You know, it's not a, like a, a drawn out 10 month missions into Requiem. 
Really? Because I'm not really getting a good sense of time scale. I wish that we had a little bit more solid, you know, explanation of how long it takes place. Um, I feel like each episode takes place over a really short time period, but then in between each episode is kind of a indecipherable amount of time. Well, do we get no time indicators, indicators at all? Like, how long does the mission take? Was it a day? Weeks? Like, how long has it been going? How long has it... Crimson being kicking ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've taken down like armies of Covenant and, and uh, Prometheans at this point. Like surely that must take some time to actually happen. Yeah, if you look at the expanded fiction, like realistically, of course that wouldn't happen in the time frame that you play it in. Which is, you know, that's one of the things Dave was actually talking about recently. Not just for Spartan Ops, but for the uh, Halo campaigns in general. Like. We know from the flood how long the first game takes place and, and the general time frame of those missions. But after that, we really don't have any idea from like Halo 2 on, and Spartan Ops included. Yeah, I, I guess it's more of a... Um, I mean, what we all, as far as Spartan Ops is concerned, don't all we have is what um, the episodes... I mean, there's no other backstory... So I think the first thing worth talking about is um, within the first episode, first cinematic, we get an introduction to the Spartan Force. This is, uh, I mean, I guess we got it in the campaign, but this is a really a, the real first glimpse into their behavior and their personalities. And I, I guess this falls more within the larger fiction, but since Spartan Ops is really all about the Spartan Force and, and what they're doing on the Infinity, it's worth talking about. and. A lot of people have already talked about the differences between the twos and the threes and the fours. Um, but for, as far as first impressions, like when you saw these guys talking on board the Pelican as they were headed up to the Infinity, like what, what did you guys think of them as Spartans, as you know, the UNSC's elite? Oh, I thought of no, I thought I thought they were completely and utterly the opposite of how they were presented in the campaign. In the campaign, they weren't presented as mindless dude bros. But for some reason, Spartan Ops, suddenly they were. I love that. I love changing on the, the, the overall characters like that. I love how they're complete diametrically opposed to each other as well. That's 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 a good thing for consistency, so it is. They, um, yeah. Uh, are you talking about like in the campaign where they were? Yes, they were stoic. They were silent. They, they were stoic. They were, yeah. Apart from Palmer, Palmer said one thing the Chief, she had her helmet off. It was informal. But you well, see the Spartans on the job. Maybe because they were in presence of the Chief. When you see the Spartans on the job in the campaign, there's no bullshit. There's just, okay, moving over here, doing this, doing that, firing. You know what I mean? They're, they're Spartans. Right. They well, Keith like does have a good point, is that it might have something to do with being in the presence of the, you know, the Spartan that was lost four years ago. It's helped right. end the war. But the thing is, they're supposed to, supposed to be the best of the best. And, like, these are like not, not even ODSTs. They're better than ODSTs. Or at least they're supposed to be. You know, they, this, this doesn't make sense that they'd be fat boys. Guys with less less military cohesion and restraint than a drunk you'd see out in the town on Friday night. <laughs> well, I, I definitely see... You make a good point about the about the campaign, how they were. Diff- they were definitely. Uh, yes, they were definitely different, one hundred percent. 
Yeah. They were like Spartans. They were exactly the way you would expect Spartans to be, behave, act, right. start. In some ways, couldn't you say that it might have just been different fire teams because of the differences in armor? Oh, yeah. You can out plenty of excuses for it. Right. Go right ahead. I'm sure they would love to hear them. They'll probably use one or two of them. The point is, I don't like it. Well, I, I, I actually, I do like the Spartan 4s in... Because they are, because they are essentially different in the way that they were um, trained, brought in. You know, they are they're not they're not the uh, old. You know, they're not the kids. You know, the kids were trained to be silent. They said it in one of the you know the cutscenes. You know, Spartans were trained to shut up. You know, not say anything, and then, you know, just be soldiers and you know do their job. Uh, but these Spartans, Spartans fours, and now these are the these are the dorm room Spartans. You know, these guys are the cocky bastards, who, you know, they're they were actually weren't. At, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm mean, you guys are so much better at fiction. But what I get a sense of, obviously, they were not brought in as kids. Obviously, actually, definitely, right? Yeah, Thorn Thorn says that he enlisted. He enlisted in the army a year before New Phoenix. And then he's a so he was in the army at the events of New Phoenix, and then six months later, he's a Spartan four. Right. So this is this is a different type of Spartan. So fine, that's great. And I actually you see that in the missions where they're all just you know they're mixing it up and they're talking so much and just saying they're talking like regular soldiers actually like who would be on a mission. And but but I'd actually now you but you mentioning that like now I think about it. Yeah, in the campaign. Yeah, they didn't say, um, which I I wish they did. Actually, would have created an, an interesting dynamic for them to be s- smart asses to the chief. You know, like yeah, you're this missing soldier, but you know what? We we're we've been around now. You know, we got even better technology. Da, 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 da. I don't care what you are, you old man. Yeah, even better to see him respond to that. Yeah, and that's inconsistent. That's what annoys me. It's inconsistent. It's like almost as if two completely different people wrote. I agree with that. The uh, characterization for the same bunch of characters for each. I'm gonna go have to agree with that. that there, was, there is also the aspect that these are intended to be some more. I hesitate to use this word, but more memorable characters that we can get to know memorable. over the course of a season. These characters Don't, are take works. that light. Take that lightly. Um, <laughs> I, just in the sense that are any of the personalities of the Spartan Force from the campaign, aside from Palmer, memorable? Like, do you remember any of the individuals? And that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying because they're supposed to be in Spartan Ops. They're the primary characters. But so, the Spartan Ops per- personalities, if I excuse me, I abuse the term personality. If the Spartan Ops personalities, the reason why they're memorable in the first place is because of really bad things about them. I'm not like not like a bad thing. Well, the characters are bad things, but no, just personalities. They're poorly written, really dialogue. So it's oh, they're memorable for the wrong reasons. That's not something you should be credited, give credit to them for. In this case, oh, they're memorable. Well, a punch in the face is memorable. Doesn't mean I want to remember it. <laughs> oh, that, that. You get what I'm saying here? It's just they're memorable, yeah, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm more of, I would definitely fall on the side of this is definitely like what's different makes it memorable. 
what we're used to. We're not used to seeing that. Um, it could be, we could I'm still processing see it, actually. I think I'm still processing it over, over even this first... Okay, well, how about the frat guy with a shotgun? He's like, eh, this, I'm going to attack these guys with my shotgun because I'm so big. Yeah, beer. And just randomly attacks him with a shotgun in the middle of a mission and gets his ass handed to him. Like, what the hell well, is that? He, he reminds me of the guy from Alien. Aliens. When, uh, what's his face? Um, <laughs> Hicks. Well, in Danny's defense, Aliens was also supposed to show a, you know, a military force that had uh, less focus on character and uh, rules and whatnot. Right, right, right. And the UNSC is, is very different than the Colonial Marines. Right. Um, this is supposed to be our Spartans, our best of the best. Yeah. But I, I do like how they're doing, how they're specifically focusing on the differences and not just kind of shrugging them off. You know, I, I don't feel like the differences between the Spartan 2s and the Spartan 3s were really examined within the context of the games. Not really. Hell no. Hell no. But, but, especially when Halsey comes on board, there's immediately all the talk about, are the Spartan 4s good enough to actually be Spartans? And I think all of us as fans probably assume that most, if not all of them, aren't. Um, but it's cool to see Halsey actually acknowledging that and, and talking about that. Yeah. That's, I think that's more of, it seems like that's where the point is going with, with Halsey being on board and, and the way he, she's answering their questions or what's his face's questions. I, I don't forget his name. Um, as far as, you know, what, you know, what, what Spartan should be. It, it, it actually gives us more, I, I like the delivery service of, of them giving us more information about what a Spartan should be. Yeah, because a lot of the fans have, have kind of had their own debates about that this whole time. Like, what makes a Spartan a Spartan? You know, there was always the, which is better, the Spartan 2s or the Spartan 3s. And, and now some of that discussion is making its way into the fiction. Yeah. Maybe that's what fan service they're delivering here. Maybe that's what Frank's, Frank's and, the, uh, and the gang are delivering here. Another, another thing that I thought was kind of cool was that in... Um, in the prologue sequence in the campaign, Halsey says that Spartan are, Spartans aren't just military equipment. They're the next stage of human evolution. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it from that perspective, the Spartan four is acting and behaving more like, you know, quote unquote, normal humans. Although that, again, that, that comes down to the writing. But I think the intention there is to show that they do act more like more normal humans, which could be in line with Halsey's statement. Right. But at the same time, it's interesting that she's then saying that they're not good enough to be Spartans. So there's an interesting kind of well, dichotomy there. Well, for, for, to, to suffice for Danny, uh, is, uh, if Spartans start to act like normal humans, then yes, most humans are shitheads, right? So <laughs> this is going to be, we're all falling in line. It sounds like you you you're, you got a lot of good excuses for terrible inconsistencies, <laughs> bad characters, and poorly written dialogue, which is hmm, good for you. But that's well, that's this, well, I, I've always held that within any sort of uh, creative medium or media, if you have a poorly written or poorly executed character, the best way to remedy that situation isn't to like immediately rewrite the character or or you know oust him out of the plot. But to actually take that terrible writing and that terrible characterization and examine it from a more realistic perspective, as if all the characters 
in surrounding that character recognize that he also is behaving oddly. So I don't know. It, I, I'm not saying that I anticipate that that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I can hope, but there are there are still ways to salvage the situation. <clears throat> eh, I don't want to salvage anything. To be honest, I I really do do not like what they've done with the, with the Spartans. They aren't Spartans. They aren't even they're not even fit to be ODSTs. To be honest, going by playing through ODST and seeing how ODSTs act around each other and act on the on the battlefield. Well, remember like, uh, remember that the ODSTs also. When that game came out, the ODSTs themselves act, acted very different from the ODSTs we knew from the books. A lot, of, a lot of people were upset about that at the time as well, that they were a bit less military, a bit less formal than this highly trained spec ops group. Well, they you know. fed from, um, they fed from um, the babysitter. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's an anime <laughs> thing. That's, uh, I know. I just... I know, but that that ODST, I'm sure, blows the skirts up. I don't think he would have even been recruited because of his height, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way they custom fit the armor like that. Yeah. Although, speaking of consistency, in Halo 2, there was a character with the same name who died during a Pelican crash. And uh, I always like to think it was that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I don't know who is. Well, what it, Danny, what do you think about Crimson? I mean, I know it's it's the player. It's supposed to be the faceless Crimson? characterless. Crimson? Oh, by Crimson. <laughs> but as far as, you know, even... I'm, I, I can tell you I'm sick of hearing Crimson. Yeah. Well, from a writing standpoint, what else would they do? I mean, what do you, mean? What you, else can't, you can't give the characters names because they're supposed to be the it's player. It's a plot device. They have to do... I don't really... I'm not... I hate it, but I don't think there's any real way around that. Right. Well, you get some good writers, and you pay them to be creative and think of a creative way around it. There you go. Why don't you submit a proposal, <laughs> Danny? I'd like to. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. How how to avoid saying crimson too many times? Well, pay me enough money, and I'll tell you. <laughs> but you're not gonna get paid, so. Exactly. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying here? Come on, you're talking about. Well, how could they possibly solve such a difficult problem? Well, they're paid to solve problems like that. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, the, the writers don't don't ham fist it that badly. Don't excuse their the bad writing here. Well, they're only humans. They can't think of words to use. Like, come on. Of course, they can use words and use different words. Don't they ham it up like they have? We have one of the best writers. They have Karen Travis. They have um, uh, we call that dude Greg Bear. They have some of the best writing talent. Well, were there were there contracts to cover content for the game or just the books that they're writing? I they thought they had them. some input. They could pay them for it like if they if they aren't even, you know what I mean? They, they, and they have a lot. Of, I know for a fact they have a lot of in-house talent when it comes to writing. You know what I mean? Like, come on, you try to say, well, well, what else would they call them other than Crimson? They couldn't. Surely they couldn't call them anything else. Like, you mean you oh. have a trouble with the word? Well, it's the repetition. Uh, I don't think it was episode one. I think it was the first few episodes. It was Halo Council. Did uh, I think was the Halo Council? It did a piss take. Just re-edited the first couple of episodes. Yeah, hang on. Let me let me pull that up so you can drop that in the window if you want. Yeah, since people are listening to us live here or whatever, just yeah, that'll be handy for them to see. But we'll put that up in our show notes. 
there it is. I don't is. know if that's fair. <laughs> no, I think it's entirely fair because it's, you know, it's not exactly like that when you're playing the game, but it, it does get right. very redundant if you're, uh, you know, if you pay yeah. attention to it. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely, you definitely notice it. You definitely notice it. Um, but I wonder, you just do any game, you, will you, will you have, you know, you could do the repetitive thing. Um, but, but yes, it is, it's, it's, def, you definitely notice it more with that. And I guess more because of the objective base, basis of that, I guess. I mean, so do we have a kind of a reason why that, what that repetitive? I know, you know, I mean, we're constantly being talked to over the airway. Yeah, and they need to refer to the player or the players without saying, you know, without destroying the illusion that it is actually the player as their own Spartan. <laughs> that was entertaining. <laughs> See, I was, uh, I guess, going back to when I played at PAX, the thing that disappointed me was that um, the, it was basically like firefight that would move occasionally when you press a button and I noticed even then that there was a lot of button pressing right. um, and now when you watch that video it's like the button pressing is the relief from the redundant dialogue um, well actually there's one thing I want to talk about um, the Spartans when they're out of their armor have the, I don't know if there's like anything really worth talking about here but I find it interesting that they've got this kind of like undersuit sort of thing that ha that seems to have all these attachments. I remember they talked about in the design of uh, Chief's armor that they added specific ports and stuff for attachments that they might add on in future games um, so they could keep it consistent. And I almost feel like some of those ports are exactly the same as what the Spartans have on their undersuit before they're, you know, before they step into the Myolner assembly system, whatever you call that. The um, Iron Man setup. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they've got these like wetsuit-looking things with all these cool technical parts on them, and like I kind of wonder. I don't think that's what they actually wear under their armor. But what, like, if it's not, what would be the point of that? Well, I got the impression that's what they do wear. Uh, let me actually pull up a image here so I can compare them side by side. It seems like that's how it like locks on to certain areas of their, you know, when they when they put the armor on, it locks into that. That's not the gel. Layer. What's that? What do they call that? The uh, the gel layer would be underneath that suit. That's underneath that, right? Right. right. No, because actually, if you look at one of, if you look at them stepping into the armor base, they've got a different suit on. Oh. So oh, it, do they? It is different. Maybe that's what they just worked out in. <laughs> Maybe that's their uh, yeah, Under Armour. The, the undersuit has like the hexagon pattern on it, and it's got some more enhanced musculature, and this one's just like a straight up. I didn't notice that there was a difference. I thought it was the same thing. <clears throat> I did for a while too, but I guess not. Hmm. It, it looks thought, like it's, you know. it's built for a specific function because it's got the, the thumb is covered in a partial glove, but all the rest of the fingers are open, so it would... It's supposed to be an operational suit, obviously, but... I try to notice things, but... Wow, you're good. I don't... I really didn't notice that. I didn't really notice... 
you know how that you, know, you look at the back with the spine and you see like it looks like latches you know kind of things that move and glide uh-huh i'm yeah. like well that's i even think i the, just uh, glossed over it was like that's definitely got to be the way the armor attaches and all that stuff i didn't even think to look but then lasky has a similar thing running up his spine as well uh i don't know man oh the artists are going crazy designing uniforms <laughs> are, there a lot, are they really like that space yeah it really does it's, <laughs> it's like the uh what's it called right um what do they call it in that the indicator your health indicator yeah yeah a a dead space yeah, yeah it's got a health. name i should know this i love dead space every single every single time we record a podcast there's always like one or two things that i'm just ashamed i can't remember tell me about it. join a club I like the Dead Space whole. The HUD is your is your uniform. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of that, in Dead Space, it's got that um, little flap that you know, that little hinge looking thing on the front of the suit, and that's what projects the hologram that is your HUD. Yeah. Some of the Spartan Four's armors have a similar little thing on the front. And yeah. I've, I've always I've been wondering the whole time, like, what's the point of that? Is this is it like a call out to Dead Space? Does that serve some sort of function? I mean. What, just what is cool-looking. <laughs> well, it doesn't make any sense because I feel like it'd only get in the way in combat, so there's got to be a specific function. Maybe they do have Dead Space-style HUD. Just don't use it, I guess? I, I don't know. Uh, it's You know what it is? It's a, uh, it's a YouTube video. They can watch YouTube videos with the thing. It pops up. They got it on their chest. They can get it on their arm. Yeah. And in, in their visor, so... Yeah, three different sources if you get bored. <laughs> yeah, because it's so boring. It's not for watching YouTube. It's for watching Waypoint. Mm. <laughs> That's for the, all the entertainment in the uh, Halo universe on Waypoint. Hey, guys, this is the FUD podcast. It's a very serious podcast. Where are you guys going? You're going off the rails. This is where we edit stuff, so it doesn't sound this bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. This is how it always is. Now, this is the podcast that talked about space mops, and <laughs> and 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 okay. sites are mumbling, going crazy in the hallways. So, um, Crimson grabs an artifact from the planet. Well done, Crimson. Evac for Crimson. We still don't even know what the artifact is. It was really, really sad. Um, Not yet. I was, I was lamenting the poor state of, of, of the dialogue, particularly Palmer's dialogue. I said to myself, like, jokingly, you know, next week, I bet you she's going to turn around and offer the team brewskis beer or something like that for doing a good job. And you know what she f***ing did? It tore my heart. The next week... She offered them cool, refreshing beer at the end of the mission. Yeah, when she said that, I was thinking, like, oh, there's got to be some dietary thing going on with the Spartans, like, making it where they can't have as much alcohol from the enhancements or, you know, something. Like, I was taking the piss and said my head, I was like, come on, yeah, Brewski, you know, that was, that was how badly trashy the dialogue was going. I was like, yeah, she'd be offering Brewskis to them and everything, and then she did. <laughs> As soon as that happened, I, I lost whatever little faith I had in the writing. 
and the story was just flushed down the loo at that point. Uh, I, I, I hate to say it. I, I really had high hopes for it. But whenever I, I can take the piss and laugh, and then it, it happens, I, that's scary to me, you know? I, that's not what I want from, from anything. If I can just take the piss and joke around, then it actually happens. Understandable. I mean, I'm the sort of fan who always looks for an excuse, um, fictionally speaking, for anything. Because I, I want it all to make sense. I don't just get upset and be like, oh, well, that was dumb and I can overlook it. I mean, I always try to find ways that it makes sense. But You're fighting a losing battle sometimes, and you really do know when yeah. you're fighting a losing yeah, battle. Sometimes, and it, it's good to know when that is. Yeah, so just for it's, me, that was my bailout point, because I, I actually can't take it seriously. That's the thing when it comes to my, my enjoyment of something. I have to really take it seriously. And the majority of Halo's fiction, I'm happy to take seriously. There's there's good firm basis for a lot of it. It's enjoyable, you know what I mean. Right. And 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 Spartanops is like no. Nah. At that point, I I couldn't go back. I couldn't actually have respect for the integrity of the story. Whenever my bad jokes happen in the actual <laughs> show, maybe she was intentionally being sarcastic because she knew. That Spartans didn't weren't able to have alcohol or I don't know. Every face jumping shark. That's riding the shark in the tidal wave of bad over the rest of the game. <laughs> just no, no way. Just no. Don't, don't even try that one. I will say that um, from the first episode when they introduced Roland, I was really excited to have him expanded as a character. I was like, all right, this guy's. I mean, I'm. I, I don't know exactly again, so don't you know, blame me if I get this wrong, nope. but he's he's I decked won't. out like a World <laughs> War Two bomber pilot as far as I know. Um, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. Whether I'm right about that or I, not. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good because we've got this whole story about how the AIs choose their appearance and to me that I I don't know, like that right there, just his appearance alone makes him like one of the coolest AIs. And I was I, re- I expected that to be reflected in his character, and then when he jumps into Spartan Ops and starts talking to us, suddenly that whole World War II fighter, bomber, pilot, whatever aspect is just completely dropped in favor of Wheatley from Portal 2. And like I felt like it really kind of destroyed a lot of what I liked about that character. And and don't get me wrong, like I thought those moments with Roland were funny, but mm-hmm. they just didn't feel like the character I was expecting him to be. Right. Consistency is something we can't rely on. I don't think when an fiction gets this big. Do we know who the um the writers for Spartan Ops are? Uh I I could guess. I'm think I I I think, I think it's I think Brian Reed, one of the main one of the guys who are writing the campaigns, definitely writing some of the And David Ellis I think has got a portion in that. Well I he's doing think. the mission design. Yeah, he was yeah. writing it. Oh, he's doing mission design, but isn't isn't uh, isn't our boys um, co-cop and um, no, they were doing campaign, I think. I, I know what uh, co-cop's uh, Vok, doing. Um, Vok did some design. campaign work. I don't think he, he worked on Spartan Ops at all. On Spartan Ops? No, not at all. No. They got a cross. They got a cross reference though. It's still. But they still got to be in there. Yeah, but to what degree? 
That's that's kind of the question. I don't know. I think, they got a, a I think, fiction-wise. I think Spartan Ops has been handled separately uh, in terms of the actual cutscenes and the and the missions and how they've been designed. I think they're two different things. I think you'll find the writers for the missions and the writers for the cutscenes are different. Well, it's a relatively small team, so all things considered, everyone should be talking to everyone else wherever it is. A small, it yeah, makes it is sense a small to. Team. I don't know. I would like more of an insight into the whole design process of uh, Spartan Ops myself, just to see kind of how they approach it within the studio. Well, it's it's as far as the content and how much is being done with it. No one. I correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not. You know, like I said, I don't do as much as, but and research as much. But I I gotta believe that this has not been done on in any other big title like this before. Yeah, we get we get big content with, um, you know, DLC, extra campaigns tacked on, and stuff like that. You know, but as far as an episodic thing like this, I think we're beginning to see why it hasn't. Well, well, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with that. <laughs> I think the idea of Spartan Ops, the idea of, of weekly content, is awesome. Like, frankly, I would love for more of the franchises that I enjoy to do this sort of thing. And it's I, like comic book. I, yeah, I honestly hope that more games do this in the future. It's, you know, I'm going to school for game design, and I think it's something that I would enjoy creating for people as well. So I've put some thought into like some of the experiences that I'm working on. Like, they seem like things that I would want to do as a weekly thing. Because from a narrative design standpoint, you can take that so many places, and it can change on the dime if it needs to. So I don't know. I, I think it has potential, and I think... Spartan Ops is one of the first real approaches, uh, one of the first real attempts at doing this, and it's going to be it's going to be trial and error. It's going to be a learning experience for everyone. But but that's it, it's essentially it's it's a task that when when I first heard about it, and as far as how much you know content that's going to be like I don't, as a studio, how are you going to be able to do that? Yeah, I think the difference would be if you're focusing specifically on making this experience and nothing else, then it would work out. Right. It's a it's a instrumental. It's a big big undertaking, um, and that's why obviously we have a hiatus. You can't. You can't. There's just no way. Actually, there's the, just no the way. Plan long in advance. It's just to give the content breathing space between Christmas, and uh, that's all. It's not. Well, yeah. You can't have this every week. A new campaign every month. Maybe they could have done it that way. Well, this is not really up to campaign quality. It's not yeah, like no. Make it's campaign quality anything every week. I think it has the no. potential to get there, though. I really do. I think I think it, it needs a lot of focus and a lot of uh, fine tuning. But I don't. I don't have a problem with. See, the whole thing is like uh, you're on playing on the same map. You're doing the same. You know like area or something like that but i actually don't have a problem with that as long as you get creative with it i think i think the problem is that you can only get so creative with it like no matter how you you uh decorate that set we're always going to know it's the same area um yeah i think it's better to acknowledge that within the story and build the story around that limitation than to right kind of shrug it off and pretend it's not there because one keeps the player immersed in the experience and the other like, for me at least, and I think it's the same for a lot of other people, it immediately pulls you out when you're supposed to just pretend that it's a new location. So some of the later episodes actually did that. They say, oh, 
we're back at the jungle location that Crimson secured earlier, which to me that was perfect. That's what it should have been the whole way through this season, but it wasn't. Right. I would just prefer that this, like, I would rather have a redundant story with some kind of hand-fisted excuses to take us back to the same location than not right. having it explained at all. That's, that's Even crack thing. a joke when we're doing it, too. Yeah. Oh, shit, we're back here again? Everybody loves Say that. meta humor. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, along the same lines, what do you guys think about the uh, infinite lives thing? Because when I first started playing, that was the first thing. The very first thing that took me out of the experience was the fact that, oh, Crimson Team died. Um, I guess the uh, mission is over. Mission? Oh no! Okay, they just rematerialize. And then there's all this stuff with uh, Majestic Team and the competition that they had to secure the bases faster. Well, of course, Crimson secured the bases faster. They could magically respawn. Right. I think even if they had just done a simple thing like maybe the first time you die on a mission or like every so often when you die, have Palmer say something like, I don't even care if it's really stupid, just as long as it's acknowledged. Say something like, get a medic down there or Crimson needs help or, or something like that. Something that tells us that that is actually like happening in the universe and it's not something that we're just supposed to shrug off. Right. Hmm. Because no one, no one likes it. Seriously, no one likes, no one likes the infinite lives in in Spartan Ops unless you're a complete talentless, skillless gamer and like eh, happy, happy fun times. Well, the thing is, they're trying to replace firefight and they're trying to cater to all players. And right. some people who play firefight play with infinite lives and they just kind of go through the waves. So, I would prefer to have limited lives or only one life permission. I would play. I would play limited lives because it is more immersion. Yes, and then it's more. The, go ahead, go ahead. What's wrong with doing it like the campaign where you have one life? And what's well, wrong with that? It's, what's it's supposed so to be scary about that? Point. It's supposed to be a halfway point between multiplayer and campaign, which is what Firefight was. So a lot of I think I think the problem is a lot of people would get frustrated if they were trying to get through a mission and just because they died once. You know, had to restart it or go back to. I mean, checkpoints. Also, check if they were done frequently enough, would work really well. But then again, the missions are also really short. So and again, some of the missions are also so well, so badly designed, where you're surrounded by by what fifteen Prometheans, all one shot weapons or something, and then you just spawn, die, spawn, die, spawn, die, spawn, chuck grenade, die, spawn, chuck grenade, die, and about yeah, especially on the higher that. difficulties. But I think the problem there is more with the spawn system. Than the enemy placement. You know the problem is bad gameplay design because you should be put in a position where you're surrounded by enemies that can one shot you and you can't do anything. You should not be put into that position. Name me one single area in Halo where you're you're thrust into a situation like that completely unprepared. You're not ever, and it just reeks of of, of amateurish enthusiasm for just, just throw as more enemies into the thing. Yeah. Make them all deadly enemies and be fun. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with that. Um, with the caveat of it being the one-shot weapon, you never want that. But oh, some I want of, some all my enemies the... have one-shot weapons. I want every enemy they have big, massive explosives or no. But some of the engagements, <laughs> I thought some of the engagements were really interesting because they they intentionally threw you in a little bit over your head, and so it got you immersed that much more. 
because you had to really jump into the shoes of the Spartan and say, okay, well, what would a Spartan do in this situation? What am I going to do to make it out of this scenario in which I'm starting out over my head? That's just, it just annoys me. I like, why didn't they bother? I'm pretty sure Firefight adapted to the number of players, didn't it? I'm not sure, did it? Somewhat. I think so. I think it was scaled. I know the campaign does. So why can't... The campaign does, for sure. Why can't Spartan Ops? Why, why, why am I punished because I want to play it by myself? I, I play it with other people, and that fantastically netcode gave me one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Right, I play solo every single time, every yeah, week. Yeah, me too. Me too. Out of just sheer... I have to, because otherwise I can't play it. The netcode just doesn't hold up. And I play right. with someone who's literally a stone's throw away from me in terms of ping, in terms of geography... And we could, terrible. And I play with Americans, that's even worse. I can't have a good online experience with Spartan no. Not to mention, sometimes you'll get hooked up with people who are on their mics constantly and talking over the dialogue, which for myself, that's what I'm interested in hearing. So, I know. Well, it, it, yeah, you, you want to be more immersed, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for Spartan Ops, for an online thing, it's, I can't play it online. It's. It, it's it's, it's the the netcode doesn't hold up. It doesn't support it. So why is it there? Whatever happened to Halo's quality standards? It's gotten better. It's gotten better. If you remember ODST, but that's Firefight. That's completely different. Remember, they spent a long time telling us that this is not Firefight. This is Spartan Ops. It's something new. No, but it is. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's no, like, but it's not. It's not. Is in it? fact, it's got more to handle than Firefight ever did. Yeah, exactly. Some of the insane stuff that goes on. But point is, this is included in the package I paid for and the package you paid for when you bought the game. And yeah. this is a really, really terrible, terrible, faulty, per quality, half working feature. There's no, there's no, you can pretty it up any way you want, but that's, that's the basic facts. All Are we wrap, like, we're wrapping up Spartan Ops as, as far as our final thoughts? Because <laughs> that sounds like a final thought. For, for Spartan Ops. Well, we still have a lot of story stuff to touch on. <laughs> I'm usually the one who gets bored with Halo really quickly, and, and from a multiplayer standpoint and campaign as an extension, because I get so familiar with it. Um, but Halo Four, I found myself like wanting to play more often than the other ones, multiplayer and campaign. Like, there's just something about the whole experience to me that. It's different, and that's what, compete, I think different that's what people are complaining thing. about. But to me, that's what makes it more replayable. So, it's For me, not yeah. I'm different. actually agreeing with that. It's not that it's different. Everything has to change. It's just the, yeah. what those specific differences are and what together they add up to be. Right. It's just... The more, and the more I think about it, the more it just grinds me down. I'm not even talking about the million and one fictional issues which they just brushed under the carpet. <laughs> I'm not talking about those because they, they grind me down enough as it is, but just in terms of the actual mechanics of playing Halo, there's more than enough there to, to make me sit and think, do I want to be spending the next two hours fighting against this system or do I just want to play another game right now for, for instant gratification? For instant fun. And more and more, I'm like, yep, just play other games with simple play and I'm, I'm having fun. I don't have to worry about it. 
And that's that's the thing. Halo used to always be my my go to fun game. You know, I could just switch it on. Fire's gone. There you go. You know what I mean? I could be by myself. Could be with friends. Whatever. And that's not what Halo is right now to me. And it's weird because it's the first time in about well, five six years that that's been the case. But Keith, you're saying that for you, it's the opposite. It's more enjoyable now. Well, because of now that it's more enjoyable, it's. It's interesting to me because of the different, how different it is. And I don't, you know what, I, I've been going through, I've been going through a lot of what, what interests me in gaming in general. Um, the, for a while now, just because I like to be inspired to put my Xbox on. And I don't play that many games. You know, I've only played, I play a handful. And, like, Halo obviously is a first-person shooter that's, you know, if you're going to play first-person shooters, what, I don't, I don't play Call of Duty. I don't play other first-person shooters. I just play Halo. If I play any other game, it's, it's definitely specific. Gears of War, uh, um, uh, Left for Dead, um, something that's that's a good multiplayer experience. You know, I'm play and some single player stuff. Mostly, I've been getting to a lot of single player things that are not even involved in multiplayer at all. Bioshock, and, um, that I've then Grand Theft Auto, that kind of stuff. Just not the multiplayer part of it, just the open world stuff. I, I'm getting lost in those kind of things, but and then some story based um, games. I find myself f falling away from multiplayer because I, you know, because Halo 2 and all the stuff that we've, Halo 3 played a lot of multiplayer there. Reach trickled off, but Reach was, Reach was great. But uh, I don't, like, I'm not, as far as all the things that are going on in multiplayer now and all the unlockables and all the progression, all the perks and all that stuff, I do not really want to i don't I, it's not it, that stuff is not driving me so what that's but but that's what's but that's what the gaming is being geared towards now and that's why i'm probably not being pulled to my xbox i got i feel like i got time to do other stuff and then i can get to those games i want to play at any time you know on my own schedule mm -hmm. it's that play increasing focus on the player investment system it's yeah, it's a, it's a terrible player investment system. That's the thing. It's not even. Maybe, yeah, man, and maybe that's the problem. It's so because, shallow. Like, it's not working for me, but it's working for millions of other yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Now. Most people don't think about how shallow that is. They just think like, "Oh, I'm being rewarded for playing. That's cool. This makes it more enjoyable." And it's not. And, and as far as an age group, it's 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 everybody. It's not. It's it's. This is not specific, but I know for me, and I don't know what it is. Like I know I, I, there's some people who uh, I know in the Halo community are older um, that we've been around for a long time. Some specific people from HBO uh, that are playing, and some are not playing. It's just it, I don't I don't see a pattern anywhere to it. I just know for me that I'm not. Uh, it's not work. That's not working for me. So, 
you know, it's 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 something. But but the thing, but but back to the point though, as far as this Halo Four and and three four three's take on it is interesting to me, just because of their take on it, just because of their twist on Halo. I'm curious. I'm curious on because it's definitely different. It's definitely different from Bungie. It's definitely got a a, a, a different feel to it. Um, but when but when you bring some familiar stuff in there, you're just like, okay, you want to see? I, it makes me more curious. And even the multiplayer elements are fun because they're different. I don't know necessarily if it works. I don't know if it works. I'm not sure it works. I don't know. You know what? I haven't played it that much. But and I'm not that invested. But I do pop it on when I put the stuff on the screen and I see the stuff going there. I see the menus, I see the uh, uh, the elements, the graphics. As I, I pretty much, uh, I'm interested. I'm not putting it down. Am I? Am I? You know, am I more? I'm, I'm definitely not as as as. Uh, um, into it as as I used to be, but uh, I'm still into it. Rant over, or whatever that was. Back to Spartan. <laughs> yes, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> hey, everyone! Everyone enjoys a good rant. So don't worry about oh yeah, we, we've had our fair share as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so jumping back to the plot. Because I, I think we've had enough complaining. Um, well, I've got more. I've got more. I'm sure you do. Stuff. But well, anyways, what do you what do you guys think about the whole almost subplot about like the whole Promethean soul and that there's this underlying story going on that we haven't been shown yet? Promethean soul? What? Yeah, what? Who? What? That's um, you know what that is? That's um, metachlorians. <laughs> God no. Wait, um, wait, the, the, the Promethean souls is not just the librarian AI or a copy of it or something. No, Halsey is getting the information from Jewel on her datapad. She starts making inquiries about the Prometheans and what they have to offer humanity, and that there's probably some whole point to that threat that they like you wouldn't bring that up for no reason and then there's the they get the forerunner memory unit that jewel dropped as he was going through the portal and it has the images from the humans that were composed on earth mm-hmm. not in ancient times that's because they're new prometheans fresh off the production line probably but <laughs> but my question is where do you think this is all gonna go like where do you that's- that's like, what I want to ask yeah, you guys. What's, what's it leading up to? I've got an idea, but I wanted to hear if you guys had any thoughts on it. Uh, why, why are they making... Why, why are those new Prometheans? Why are they not under the librarian's control? Because the didact is still around. There you go. Hello. Librarian's supposed to be dead? No. Well, her AI is still there. Yeah, that's what they're supposedly... That's what Glassman's doing, is trying to activate her AI. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that's, I, I mean, I suppose to a certain extent it is pretty obvious, but 
I think that's what the whole point of this whole thread is, is leading up to, is that the didact is still alive, and that the, um, when his, when his ship, uh, what was it, Mantle's Path, or something like that. But um, we can, can I just point out one thing that I thought was, it's actually a good thing about Spartan Ops, actually, and it's, um, I'm going to use this as a way to critique the campaign we played, actually. In, in Spartan Ops, we're introduced to the Didact's Hand, Okay, this a fanatical group led by Jill. Why the f during the campaign were these guys not introduced? Why were the Storm faction introduced instead of these guys? These guys make complete and utter sense. What the uh, faction of uh, the Didact's uh, hand? Yes. Is that what they are? Yes. No, the Didact's hand is Jewel Madonna. That's, that's that's the they have point. to be armored and the wee symbol and the wee cool he's looking the, thing. He is the only one who has that armor because he's the Didact's hand. That's like it's like you know Sauron's hand from the Lord of the Rings. Saruman. 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 But why didn't Saruman. why didn't they call the whole faction the Didact's hand or something like that? Well, because he's the specific storm? one who communicates with the Didact and like relays the will of the god, basically. Because is there is there actually any in in game a reference to the Storm faction in Spartan Ops in the campaign in anything? In the book, isn't there in the book? Well, not with the yeah, name, no. not with the label Storm, but it's the yeah. whole founding of the Storm, basically. Yeah, but is there an actual, literal naming of them no. anywhere? I, I imagine any... it's going to come in the next book, but... I mean, Halsey has terrible. a first-generation iPad. That's what. That's what's appalling. The iPad, like, in text message... Um, <laughs> text message covenant the um, elites... Hidden in Forerunner installations, yeah, 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 makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, and you have to admit, Jules' English is really well, well done as well. You know that his tech speak lingo. Well, he does he repeat. Has, he repeats a lot of words and stuff. Yeah, but that, that, that's that's because his big fat thumbs. You know, he can't press the, <laughs> the things right. He's, he's getting used to it. Give him time. I actually liked that. I thought it, it was kind of cool examination of. You didn't think that was utterly, utterly dumb. Of all the things that could have been communicating to Halsey through this this backdoor, it was Jill. It was well, no, I, I, texting Covenant guy. I was, was disappointed that it was just laughing. him and not a new character that was going to be introduced. But at the same time, I like how they're handling the elites and the differences between their language and English. I think I've never, you know, it hasn't been handled really yet outside of the books until now and it's like it transfers over really well I thought you mean, right. you mean so you're not part of the big massive backlash on HBO going oh it's sounding Japanese wannabe language and it doesn't make any sense from what we've heard oh before no I'm just happy that they actually are have they like doing a, that too oh my god well in the terminal it did that's sound like Japanese but why does that matter like that's not a big deal it's just a few words and well everything you could everything's borrowed from something Right, <laughs> I mean, we're always there's always going to be a cross reference somewhere. But yeah, uh, oh, I just uh, I'm 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 happy that it seems like they have a fully fleshed out language for the elites now, instead of just using. I, I mean, I like the backwards reversed speech from Halo One, but at the same time, it's good to know that there's that much more solid information out there that they can actually do subtitled and have it all correlate. Ooh. You know, maybe there's got to be a thread about it in HBO somewhere. 
Although I'll, I'll, I'll give Spartan off somebody's the, deciphered it. The praise it deserves. Those cutscenes look nice. That, well, that's good. Cut Let's just take it for nice. that. Yeah. The cutscenes are awesome. Oh, yeah, I, the facial animations me, could use some work, but it reminded me a lot of of uh, Halo Wars uh, of the term in terms of this is eye candy. I can just sit back and enjoy the show. It's very eye candy. I just wish the theater had an option to play them all through without having to exit out and enter back in and play the next one. Well, if we're going to go down the path of wishing, I wish we didn't have to download them off Waypoint because they were too late to stick them on the damn disc. But hey, 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 hey. that's, just that's magical wishland. HBO will have them in there. Don't worry. That's, that's magical wishland, okay? So don't go there. <laughs> I go for HBO for all that stuff. I don't. Yeah, but it's nice to I watch wait. it on your TV as well. Yeah, um, what else is there to cover? I mean, I, I want to just cover more of the story, but I suppose there isn't really all that much. Uh-oh. Okay, let's do, we'll do 90% of the story right now. Switches for press. There we go. There's 90% no, I mean, of the story. From the, from the pre-rendered, from the cinematics. And, but we've already kind of covered all of the different aspects of different uh, story threads. I'm just not sure... If there's more that we want to go into, or well, if I may, I mean, as far as the cut scenes are concerned, because obviously that's all I've really seen. Um, the as far as the quality of the cutscenes, they're awesome. The story direction they're going into. If you want to more do more of a summing up, like as far as what's the artifact, what what the hell is it doing? What's the soul of the Prometheans? We find out what the Prometheans are. Why do they have images of? You know what they are. The campaign explicitly tells you exactly what they are. Yeah, no, but the, no, but the the whole thing was why did it have images of more recent? Because yeah. they're recent they Prometheans. Well, well, the 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 point of that is to show that while the Didact ship was at Earth composing these people, it wasn't like waiting to send that composed information back to Requiem. It was doing it live, which I think means that when, of course, when Didact fell into the thing at the bottom of the beam, that was actually the portal that was teleporting it right back to Requiem. So I think Didact still. Alive and well on Requiem, or, or at least yeah. like recovering on Requiem from the grenade yeah, blast. Yeah, we're, we're, we know Didact's not dead. Um, so he's I mean, chilling on Krypton again? Yeah. Krypton? Probably. I mean, he just took a grenade blast to the chest in spite, and from a forerunner grenade. So, in spite of all his advanced armor. That exploded in a really, really different way than it normally explodes. You just fought well, one cutscene. We're essentially looking at how the how uh, the librarian's still alive. I mean, as far as an AI perspective, why wouldn't the didact be that? You know. Well, yeah, that I mean, that's that's true. There, it there could be AI um, didacts Remnant. out there. Yeah. You mean the the, the so, both AI thing for the uh, for the librarian that they made up for this for the campaign, which by the way was terrible. Way of shoehorning that character in, and not only was it a terrible way of shoehorning that character in, Danny's it was also just butthurt a, because the Halo story is going in a direction he didn't want it to go in. It's also a disgusting way of info dumping. 
No, no, no. Oh, what, what, what? I have no objections, actually. You said you way... said you you didn't like the whole idea that the librarian was specifically steering humanity. I proposed that a while ago, and you were like, "No, that's dumb." That is dumb. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. No, I agree with that. It's it, it was it's too much. Really dumb. It was too much for one cutscene. But as far as the the plot thread of the librarian being responsible for a lot of the stuff that happens in the Halo games. I like that. I think it works out, and you can explore some cool stuff. But I think I like just, if they explain it. I think if if that's true, I and mean, I don't think it is true, but I think if it is true, and I, I will be happy they say it's not and argue that point. But if you want to say that's true, it just piddles over everything that's happened before. Why bother even fighting? What what's the point of the struggle of humanity if it's if, if it's all been designed? Bungie did the same thing with the assembly. Oh, that one little piece of fiction oh, that was yes. not known about and no one really knew about it until it was out there. And so no does, one that mean, does that mean it doesn't count? Didn't it doesn't happen. count. <laughs> I wasted my time analyzing that damn thing and there's not going to be a single that anyone gives about that in the future. I, I love it. I'm going to keep me wrong. I love that damn thing. I wrote as much about that as I could for Flipsy because I think it was very important. But it, it looks like this lockdown. I thought, yep, that's that's... Well, you, you never know what's going to happen into the far future. I mean, even if it's not covered in, you know, the next five, ten years of Halo's history, there's still a lot of interesting story to cover there for anyone who steps and takes hold of the reins in the future. So. The thing is, just like the assembly, just like the assembly, using the, the librarian, the Deus Ex Machina, to explain everything, is just, not only is it bolt, it's not needed. Because we've already had things unfold and explained explained to us as these happened as we played through them as we watched them i don't think it's the deus ex machina because because the deus ex machina is is specifically something that comes down to save the player which in a way the librarian does but at the same time i don't think that was the purpose of are that. you sure are you sure the librarian didn't give master chief the luck gene or gas or something <laughs> and it's the luck gene gas that's keeping him alive the entire thing so technically she did <laughs> Well, hold, but but I, I think, that's fine I think too. The but the point was that it's it's a game changer. It's going to change the course of Halo's plot going forward. Like that, there's yeah, some larger themes to explore so through that. I I loved how she changed Master Chief's DNA and bollocks, and then nothing comes a lot. Apart from the fact he survive, we we light show whatever. I felt they made they started to do uh, the Master Chief to making him like the one. As far as making him the one that was going to save, like he was, like they met, they built him. Master Chief make, is the chosen one. He's no longer yeah. lucky. He's the destined. He's hero. Neo. But if they explain it, it was a general uh, design, a general design of the human race, a general, and make it that way, then I'll buy it. But if they make it just for the one person, the one Spartan. And making in him or whatever, like he was like Jesus like born. I'm not gonna buy that again. I I'm I'm with Danny on this one. If it starts to get that way, they we were left with a lot of not not a lot of information on that. And they Speaking purposely cut that off right when they right when the librarian explained we're just gonna accelerate you blah 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 blah. But you're this this all this design and all of a sudden they did it and then all of a sudden you're fighting again. They purposely left us with very little, few inform, uh, le- very, very little information. 
Speaking of uh, Jesus Chief, <laughs> where is our savior during these Spartan Ops missions? Yeah, yeah, I want I want him to come back. I I think it would be really cool to have Chief make a cameo appearance in Spartan Ops. Yeah, he would give to all this fighting going on about the didact about. I think he was like, yeah, send me into the fight, yeah, because I'm, I have nothing else in my life. I am a machine. You know, I mean, like, what the f- is he doing? He's not watching cartoons. He's not smoking, getting high. You know, what I mean, he's doing nothing, and that makes no sense to the chief. Well, he's doing something. We just don't know what the fuck he's doing. But what could be more important than this big ass planet? Maybe he, maybe on? he is doing Halo Five. Maybe Halo Five takes place while Spartan Ops is going on. Shoot me in the head now, please. <laughs> no, but think about that. What if it has to do with like going back to yeah, St. Helios um, and reuniting awesome. with the Arbiter? Wouldn't it be awesome if, if, if Spartan Ops awesome. ended? That would be some sick fiction right if, there. If Spartan Ops ended with a, Spartan, with a Halo 5 spoiler ending or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would love that. And by love for that, I mean I would refuse oh, to buy Halo anything ever again. Think about this. Get to the end of Spartan Ops. Like the, the very end of Spartan Ops when they're, you know... They've made all the content that they're going to make, and they're, they're already more or less done with Halo 5. Or... And they've pressed all the switches in the galaxy. Exactly. <laughs> but the very last thing that you see is the Arbiter coming back, and Chief is with him. And it tells oh, you, you mean that... the, the, the Cartley Arbiter who's been hiding in his, yeah, his home listen, listen. for like five books? <laughs> Just listen. He's afraid of the big bad guys outside. He comes back. Chief's with him, which is he obviously wasn't. Chief was... Just now getting back to Earth at the end of Halo 4. And it tells you right away that there is a story that was going on while you were doing Spartan Ops. And there's something else to get informed about as to what was happening. Like, I think that would be a good way to lead into it. Right. How do we even know that the Ar- Arbiter is... <laughs> I think so, too. Where is Arbiter, actually? Because this factions are taking over... Or, or appearing they've taken over the remnants of. of I saw that well, discussion. I think it was large a, of a somewhere fleet it was. You know, like they and couldn't. Last time we seen the arbiter, he was hiding in the house, begging and thanking the USC to help him with his little domestic problems with the other ones who are bigger and badder than him, and they have more ships. I think that's just because Karen Travis didn't know where else to place him. Honestly. Oh, you're blaming the author because she wasn't given. She was told what to do with the characters, generally speaking, and. She had nothing to do with the character, so you're blaming her for not doing anything with the character, even though that order will keep him higher up. Don't blame the author for that. I think 343 knew that fans wanted to see the Arbiter again, and that Karen Travis's trilogy was the place to do it. Whether it fit into Karen Travis's ideas for where the plot should go or not. So you're trying to tell me then that they they won't they told Karen Travis, well, how about we bring Arby back? And Karen Travis is like, no, I'm a woman, I have boobs, I hate Arbiters. So no. Well, come on. That's bull. Keith, help me out here. <laughs> if help they wanted the Arbiter in that book, she would put the Arbiter in the book. So they didn't want Arbiter in that book. Therefore, she didn't put the Arbiter in that book any more than his little cartly hidey hole reference that you get. The only help I Don't can offer. blame her at all for, for the overall direction that 3 for three's taken the story. Because it's far too easy to do that. All I want to know is why is Halsey... Being treated such so harshly. They obviously they want the Spartanoffs to be set up the way it is with Halsey being locked up, and uh, they give they give the the writer a way of doing so, and she went off and did it, and everyone hates her for it. You have a lot of information. 
The thing is, now that she was indicted for her role in the abduction of the children that later became news, <coughs> and for excuse me, I'm getting sick from you guys. Um, and the funny thing is, even though the whole operation was like endorsed by Oni, they, for some reason they, they turned it around and said, "Oh, you're evil for doing this," and then arrested her. And then technically, they, they said that she died on reach or whatever. So they pretended that she was still dead, and then locked her up, and then forced her. To basically just work as a slave. She is literally a slave because no one knows that she's officially alive and she gets paid, she doesn't get paid to do anything. Pretty much. She's forced to do this, this, this labor for the UNSC. So, yeah. there you go. You're actually watching sci fi slavery when you're well, I, I I actually thought it was an interesting twist that they, they I thought it was interesting storytelling to make her put her that way. Like, as far as her, you know, her position in 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 the story here, like as she's in cuffs for Christ's sake. Yeah, you want you want you want you want to pull it this way, right? Just to prove that it isn't Karen Travis that's all ham festy with the story and characters and whatnot. Look at what Three for Three have done. They've shown the elites, the monsters, the barbaric sort of lesser creatures as they are. They're They've shown these elites taking a human prisoner, strapping the the, 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 the bombs to his chest, forced him to wear the belt. Mm-hmm. And in, in the book, we had the elite wearing that. But forget about that. Even if you didn't read the book, you're seeing a contrast between the elites taking a human prisoner and the humans taking one of their own prisoner and treating them like a slave. Because both of them are slaves in both of those contexts. That is actually kind of an interesting comparison. Yeah, I thought it was. Right. And they're both they're both a scientist character, but so yeah. they're both the type of character that can't really fight back physically and defend themselves physically. I I also think that's tying into the the theme of humanity, you know, getting access to all this technology and then using it for the wrong reason and and all that stuff about the mantle that's talked about in Greg Bear's trilogy. Like my theory is, of course, that humanity is the ancient evil and it's eventually going to lead to the precursors. So what I don't understand is how come we're how come we're supposed to be rooting for um, who you call that captain who's not Del Rio Lasky Lasky right? Lasky he's supposed to be a good guy and yet he he's happy to have Slave Halsey locked up in his ship. What a I thought he would be more passionate, yeah, or not passionate, but more sympathetic. Uh, so he endorses with his relationship with the chief. So he endorses slavery. I think he's he's also following orders. Ordered he, him do something. It was all about orders, and now you know he's gone. And and, and Lasky was like, he saw what the chief did, and they're supposed to be but, buddies. But my my point is that that was one captain, whereas this is all of you know fleet com that he's right. following orders of. As first officer, right. it's very different to disobey the captain's orders than to right, disobey right. all he's, of the he's always selectively he's only selectively disobeying whenever he wants to impress Master Chief. Say, like, oh, there's Master Chief. Oh. Ha ha! This is what off. He's like, follow orders, sir. Yes. This is the problem. There's not enough Master Chief in this. That's why. I'd agree with that. (laughs) No, he should just—he should even be there in the background, like even just on the Infinity. I don't even care, like giving tactical data as they're doing their ops or something, like. Dude, 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 he's only the—he's only the greatest single-handed army. I know. I'm just. In existence. As, okay, as far as like not interfering with the players, Spartan, like I don't care. Just as long as he's in there somewhere, somehow. Somewhere. 
somewhere. He why would you need? Why would you need Master Chief if you're fighting all these aliens? Like, well, you're hardly going to need someone who's fought them all single-handedly by himself. You wouldn't hardly need that character, would you? Exactly. It makes no sense. The, the, the fact is, they never even once addressed the chief. You know what I mean? No, they no, they don't. It's You're like right. well, who cares about the chief? Oh, wait until the next game. That, that's our hubris. This is downright insulting. The focus know. is on these washed-up Spartan fifteens or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I really care about them. Yeah, because it's like, it's like the people who run the show haven't got a clue what the hell we want. I don't care about these, about these dude bros. I mean, that's not why I, I sit and pay attention to the fiction. Well, I think they should be the access way to the better parts of the fiction that we do want to know about. But, but yeah, they, they, they shouldn't be the focus of it. It's like, it's, but they really aren't. We're, we're finally getting to see some elite stuff, and the, the story actually is going somewhere that might be interesting. Yeah. But it's been wrapped up in so much stinking horse manure. It's... it's, it's <laughs> You know, it's. Mm, I, I, I'm not criticizing uh, the people who actually went and made the made the content for Spartan Ops, um, like reusing the levels and stuff. It's 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 not it's it's not an easy thing. It's easy for us to sit there and go, ah, it's bored, get respawning a billion times and dying. And <laughs> there's 50 enemies on screen, but you can imagine it is very difficult. Uh, they come up with scenarios based on same play spaces, and then getting them to work. Whatever else, it's it's not to say that we're criticizing the work that's been put into them, or the attempt at creatively reusing the same space three or four times. If you know what I mean. Creatively. Well, they're they're trying to be creative. They're trying to. You can't you can't fault them for trying. That's mm-hmm. something you know what I mean. Well, they are trying. I, I I see the different things they're trying to do with the same space, and I don't know. I'm not a game designer. I played enough games, but I, I understand there's only so much you can do mechanics-wise with the engine. You know, you can only be able to do so much. Um. I don't know. I mean, I I'm, I can't speak to what else you can do with the maps, what else you can do with the store. I mean, the store, you could go anywhere. And you know what? There, You know what? This is one thing. Like, there's in-game engine cutscenes before each mission and end-game ones that are not bad. Obviously, they, they have a limit to what they can do with that. But that could set the, uh, set the tone. But... Um, you know, once you pop into full gameplay, there's not going to be that much different there, unless they come up with some good story story elements to make it make it different. Oh, by the way, Spartan Ops Season Two is not happening at all. No one cares. No one's going <laughs> to pay for it unless they do it for free or their generosity, their whatever. You know, what I mean, unless they do it for free, it's not happening. No one's going to buy it. It's it's not for sale. Although well, they're trying to gauge interest to see what you mean, it's viable. You mean like it's a it's not for sale though? No, is it? Not season two. Season two, they could potentially release it for paid for money monies. No, I thought that was that was no. Oh really? They could do that. Yes. 
They're, they could. They could all of a sudden say, you know what, you want to. You no, want no. The, rest the of- only thing they said was season one was absolutely free, and that was it. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, specifically season one was free. Oh, I didn't know that. And they said that future seasons may not. I should be not free. So that means that Spartan Ops Two, which is being considered, first of all, won't happen because of the fantastic reception Spartan Ops Season One's got. And <laughs> even if it does happen, no one's going to pay for it. No. But it's they made it. It will happen. They had. To, it's already probably made. What are you talking about? It's got to be. It's got to be made. Mm-hmm. Or being worked on. And, and I don't know. If, they're working they're on still working on it. right now. If they're working still, on the first major TU for, for Halo 4 right now. I don't know. I just I just feel like if they actually take player feedback into account, which they say they're doing, and it's, you know, that was a big part of the, the process in the past, um, then Season 2 has the potential to be much better. But then, again, that said, people won't buy it because they got the negative impression from the first one. I'd, I'd expect maybe a refresh in the first season at most. You know that, like, season one bonus or something like that? I don't think so. They're going to make it happen just because it's such a large part of their advertising campaign and, like, they've emotionally invested so much into this, this new Yeah, I, it's going to... It's going to... Yeah. Nah. It's going to be complete. It's going to be done. Maybe they'll offer it as a price. Well, they'll offer it as a price at first. Of course, they're going to try that. But then they'll trickle it down. I would buy... I'm going to buy just because I'm curious where the story's going. And plus, I'm a freaking Halo fanatic. So, But you can't count on people like me and us in a, in a way. You know, there's not that many of us. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's... There's not as many as people, you know, who will do. It's that they're not... They totally know that they can't rely on that. Especially with something like Spartan Ops. If it was multiplayer maps, it's a different story. They have heard the trailer for um, Season 1.5. Oh, hey. They showed some alien-looking thing. Yeah, looks a lot like um, looks a lot like Flood stuff, based on the color, at least. But then it's also kind of technological. It's going to be Flood in Season 2? Have you seen the trailer? I think I did. Wait. There's a big-looking alien bug-looking thing or whatever. Right, you know what? I didn't see that. Yeah, I think it's going to be precursor, honestly. Mm. Well, that's exactly what doesn't need precursor stuff on Requiem, which makes no sense at all. Nothing they can make it work. I just don't know what else it would be. Like, it's not Covenant, it's not Forerunner. I'm just happy to see precursor stuff in a game in any format. So, I was I was hoping they would be in the terminals, honestly. I was hope I was just happy actually. But with Halo 4, I was actually just happy to see four running, four runners. Well, There's four like runner. zero chance of it. But I want to see the, the sexually virulent um, prophets again. Oh, my God. I want to see those um, groove daddies back. I can't even imagine how they'd make that work. <laughs> see, therein, is, therein lies the problem. That's why you're angry. What? <laughs> Not of sex in Halo. Uh, I don't think Halo. I, I'm fine with that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Contact yeah. Harvest was enough. Yeah. Oh, good. No, no, just, there's too much of it. This whole Cortana chief. That's not even... 
Okay, well, whatever. It's an insult. Damn it. I know it's not Spartan Ops, but it's a good actor. The Cortana Achieve Loves thing is stupid. People should be ashamed of themselves for writing it. People should be even more ashamed of themselves for liking it. It's not explicitly stated as a love thing. It's, oh, it's... come on. Are you, are you, are you five? <laughs> are you five? Come on. I think you know, it's, it's not that simple. It's weird because in most other franchises and most other stories, it would be like, yeah, that's a love story. But Halo is the only one where it really, like, it honestly just is not that simple. You are, you trying to tell, that. are you trying to tell me the, the, the whole analogy for, for uh, Cortana touching the Chief's suit isn't some kind of sexual innuendo analogy metaphor at all? No, come on. Come on. You, you have to be at a five to be that naive. It's I'll tell you this. It, it, it looks what it is. It kind of, it kind of like they, they really want to tease you a little bit with it and they pull it back just at the last second. Tease. It's so it's dripping with it. It's oh, there's tons of innuendo in that. You know what I mean? Well, I said that they 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 made her as, as sexualized as they could without essentially pulling a big giant naked woman there. She is futuristically naked, but she, on, she's man. blue. She glows. Do you realize how much more the the world is going to become marketing? You, I mean, if we want to make an overall discussion. All right, save it because we're gonna do some more of this <laughs> definitely for 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 yeah. the open format podcast that I want to do. What were we talking about, Spartan Ops? Song yeah, <laughs> I think we're kind of done. Uh, okay. This is this is where we step back and say, "All right, Dave, it's it's all on you. Make us look good. Yeah, as good as possible." Per guy. All right, so I think that about wraps it up. If you have any thoughts or feedback on what we've been discussing, uh, feel free to check out our forums and post your thoughts and comments there. We're happy to join in on any discussion you want to have. If you're listening to this on our website, feel free to leave comments in the comments section below. Uh, if you found us on iTunes, uh, feel free to subscribe or give a rating. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you online.